Welcome everyone to our Cyber Monday Next Commerce newscast for everything that's happened as of January 8, 2024. We are live here with you, um, but we also know that people are going to be engaging with our Cyber Monday newscast in a number of different ways. So we welcome you, however you're joining us live in the future on demand as you see fit. But welcome to all. Happy New Year. Happy Monday. Again, we tried to give you a reason that Mondays are actually kind of fun. Um, at least, and, and now you, you, depending on when you're listening to this, this might have been halfway through your Monday. So we hope we hope you're kicking off um, this week and this year well. Um, we've had a lot of new people joining our ranks and uh, downloading and registering for our, our events. And so we wanted to make sure we introduce ourselves. We are First Mover. We are your partner for omni-channel education and change management. And more importantly, we do many different things. In fact, I think maybe we've undersold the many things we do. We do a lot of um, public industry events like you're on now, listening to our Cyber Monday newscast. Um, we, and, and these are all free uh, for uh, all of you to engage with. Um, we share our own perspective through these platforms and other playbooks and content. Uh, we've got our certification program, Torch, which I'll mention momentarily. And then we do a lot of other things behind the scenes. You know, the Wizard of Oz always worked very well that way. Um, we do custom training and certifications for uh, brand manufacturers globally, locally, executive, practitioner, expert, beginner, uh, you name it. Um, we've, done, we've done it for almost 90 plus now uh, CPGs um, and agencies around the world. So we'd love to help you there. But we also do a lot of advisory um, to empower your organization. We can be an extension of your team um, to help you fine tune your own strategies, capabilities, et cetera. But we can also get a lot more hands-on um, where we can actually do projects for you. Um, our team, if not also lend you temporary talent. We have kind of a temp, temp workers force in the e-commerce space that can help with a lot of work that we know sometimes doesn't always have that extra headcount to a lot to. So if we can ever help you in any way, um, we are here to support you. If we can't help you or you're just looking for other, you know, other capability partners, we can guide you in that direction because we don't we don't make referrals on anybody. We're, we're just independent partners out here. We know everyone in the industry and we're really just trying to make sure you have options and and at least a, a personal recommendation of what we've heard works well or what we know a lot of brands or agencies are, are, are finding to be the best uh, tools and partners out there. So we're really just here to help you in any way we can drive your business forward. And it really takes first movers to know first movers. Um, we've, we have come from the trenches ourselves and designed this entire offering um, around you. I couldn't do, uh, my name is Chris Perry. I'm the chief learning officer here and co-founder, but I couldn't do any of this without my original partner in crime, Oscar Kaszewski, chief growth officer and fellow co-founder. Um, who will join me today. But but now, I'm very excited to say another Avenger has joined our ranks, and we welcomed her at the end of last year, Amanda Wolf, who's one of our board members and contributors. And you will see her if you haven't already. Uh, we had her, her join us at several of our events at the end of the year in that capacity, but she's been a great partner um, all the way back four years ago to the beginning of First Mover as one of our most strategic uh, kind of marquee partners at at one space and then at flywheel. So we're so excited to have her brain, her heart in this as, as we are all fellow first movers who've been in the trenches, led businesses across brand and agency and worked with all of you out there in some capacity or another. We look forward to supporting you either through these events and Cyber Monday or other otherwise.
You can check out all of our events at firstmover.com forward slash events. They are all listed as of our 2024 calendar today, but we are adding some strategic workshops and events, um, even one later this month, um, um, which, which, which will be registrable very shortly as we just get that set up um, within uh, GoToWebinar. Um, but very excited to have you join any and all of these different events. We have our Smarter series that is focused on how you can take your business to the next level today. We have our JBPX events, which focus on key retailers like Amazon, US and EU, Walmart, Instacart, Kroger, Target. We've got our futures events, which will be focused on kind of what you would do tomorrow, not just today, but to go to the next level on everything from retail media to social commerce measurement, content, assortment. Um, and then we have our, our newscast podcast series, Cyber Monday, which you're on now, and our new one, Renaissance, and there's a lot of AI in the word renaissance, which is our retail AI insights uh, series, which will be launching on January 22nd and will be available both as a webcast, um, a takeaway deck, but also a podcast shortly thereafter um, on Spotify and then later on Apple um, as well. So more to come there, but all of these events are free uh, to join. They will remain free. We want to democratize great knowledge and we really try to bring either great perspective in ourselves, if not great partners like Amanda, even before she joined our ranks, um, to the table to help democratize knowledge for even you out there who might be the change leaders and the experts in this space. I teased our Torch uh, Next Commerce Leadership Certification Program, but most of you, I, I know just from having seen who's, who's listened in live or downloaded our, um, our program, most of you out there are active torch bearers in our torch program, but if you haven't gotten your badge yet or you don't know what level of certification you've got, you're already earning more hours toward it as you listen now. Um, and there are five levels of certification that you can earn with higher levels of perks and fun benefits and gifts and things that come at the highest levels of Polaris and Sirius. And we've got hundreds of people now in the Sirius and Polaris level. People have spent like, weeks and weeks of their lives with us, which I, as Oscar and I would originally have said, can't believe we did that, but if we've earned that, we want to keep earning that with you, and we promise to bring you amazing content worthy of those hours of time. But if you need um, an update on where you are or want, you don't have your badge or wondering where, where what your status is at any given point, you can just email us at torch at firstmover.com. All of this is equally free, um, but we, we thought it was thoughtful to recognize you for the longevity of learning in this always changing omni-channel space, not just give certification only for one specific specialty um, of, of expertise. So um, please take advantage of that um, as hundreds of you have now, and we're honored to be there to provide that, that recognition for your commitment to leadership. Very exciting um, kind of I would say it's not news because to be fair, we kind of somewhat had a podcast version of Cyber Monday, but knowing that many of you are on the on the road now in your hybrid uh, work lifestyles, if not traveling, this Cyber Monday newscast series is really a multifaceted uh, series. We, we do the live studio recording, which you are all part of live here now, but if you're also listening to this later, you might be part of the not so live either webcast that you can watch on demand, um, the takeaway deck that is available for anyone at all times that comes with all of the source material and the links to the news and charts and trends and things that, we, that we're including. But we've now 
more formally made this a podcast. We were on Spotify and Google Podcasts, but we were able to get our stuff listed on Apple Podcasts after 33 episodes. I'm very excited to have that now available. And so you can always go back and catch up on anything as well. Even if you're listening to us live, you can always join us um, on demand later as well. So please, uh, please feel free to listen and engage as you see fit. But like we said, we like to be omni-channel ourselves, but very excited to have this more formally now part of the Apple podcast family. Um, and we can join the ranks of all this awesome other industry podcasts out there that I'm sure you listen to as well. Now let's get into cyber money. We've got a lot of different news today that falls into some of the buckets that we typically highlight. And as we, our premise for Cyber Monday was really a, a message that we communicate in a lot of our presentations and trainings and certifications. It's this idea of winning offline where the, the core of the business still is today um, really requires winning online first. And for many of us, that's kind of a an obvious, um, but it's not so obvious even for a lot of the leaders that we're trying to convince or the other fellow peers that we're trying to drive. And so it helpful, it's helpful to say something a little bit provocative like that when it's really not that provocative. The, the, real, the realization here is that digital is driving everything. It's influencing shoppers across the entire quote unquote path to purchase. And by nature, those winning online are often winning where the growth is, but then they're also influencing the in-store environment. And that causes the shelf to shrink, not you know both physically, but also perceptively, right? And organically as more retail media investment and more monetization of our retailer sites is taking place. And then ultimately, as we know, e-commerce lowers the barrier to entry, especially social commerce opens up a lot of, of new routes to market. And so rivalry and competition is constantly rising. And so that puts even more drive behind digital and so on. So we, um, if, if you ever, if you're watching, uh, you know, watching live, you can, you'll see our, our graphic here, but, we, but if you want to get that takeaway deck, you can get it from our firstmover.com Cyber Monday landing page where all of our assets are available and links are available for free. Um, but we have kind of our own news flywheel that we like to bucket a lot of these headlines into because often when I see something on a LinkedIn feed, I'm like, ah, that's interesting. But I'm not thinking about that in the, that's a tree and not the forest, right? So I'm not always seeing how it all plays out together. And obviously we welcome your insights. If you want to share your thoughts or insights or other cool news you're seeing, there, there's always moments where we're not, we're not seeing something or we're not connecting the dots. We'd love your thoughts too, because again, you're fellow first movers out there. So, um, but we, we've done our best, I think, to organize the news as always. So if you're new to this, you'll see kind of the, the meaning to our madness. But for anybody who's joining us, um, again, you'll go up. There's there's Chris and Oscar and, and now Amanda even being pulled in to become nerds um, in this space. But this is kind of fun to make a little bit more sense of what's going on in today's marketplace. So to kick us off in this digital is driving kind of bucket of news, um, we call this kind of invest to grow. But 2023 was a record-breaking holiday season for e-commerce. Probably doesn't surprise a ton of us, except there were a lot of naysayers about how big e-com was going to be as, quote unquote, we were all returning to normal. Um, there were also a lot of aggressive asks of brand manufacturers and retailers to comp prior years, which was more challenging because the baseline went up. And so the percent growth became a lot more challenging to achieve. Um, but according to several sources, um, and actually, there was some MasterCard data that was added in with, with some Adobe Analytics data. Um, but MasterCard kind of measured both the in-store and the online 
um, space of purchases being made um, by their users, by you know their card holders um, over the holidays. And it was very similar to some of what the Adobe numbers were. Um, but 2023 online spending, according to MasterCard, rose 6.3% during the holiday season um, versus the prior year. And that was compared to brick and mortar only growing about 2.2%, right? So there was a return to store. There's obviously always a role for the store, but online still outpaced that almost three times. And the chart you'll see if, you if you're if you joining this live or if you get our, our takeaway highlights, uh, this is from another, uh, another uh, industry survey, but was kind of a cool chart just to show how big e-commerce has become over time, as, as we all know. But more importantly, what I like is kind of that pulse heartbeat, you know, I would say pendulum swing of that Q4 sales as Oscar and I saw in our Kellogg's businesses and prior companies when we were leading e-commerce, it was that Q4 holiday, even for non-holiday items or just everyday items was really like a launch pad for the next year. Um, and as many of us know, and, and really just catapult that, that, that behavioral change, not just the share of sales, but that behavioral change into the next year. So even with the return to brick and mortar, it there is a return to brick and mortar for certain categories, for certain missions, but there is also a, a significant behavioral shift that's taking place because people are a lot more comfortable buying, not just for gifts for others, but for themselves. So um, Oscar, I don't know if you had any take on what you saw over the holiday season as we get into some of the other news that will come next. No, I mean, what what's going to be really interesting to see is to, the breakdown of all the different retailers, you know, how they perform. We know that Amazon was a huge winner. Uh, we know Walmart did fantastically, you know, well this year. Um, I personally be really curious if Target managed to crawl back some of the losses, um, you know, from the entire of the year, you know, just to have a little bit of a better lift, you know, during the holidays. So it'd be interesting to see. And then the other thing is, um, you know, we're going to look also at the retail media data uh, probably for the next Cyber Monday, just to see also, you know, from a brand perspective, who overspent, who under, you know, how it all shook up. But it's definitely great to see, you know, I'm always happy to see any growth above, you know, where inflation is. Um, so I'm, I honestly think, you know, this is this is just the beginning of some of the growth that we have ahead. And I honestly, uh, the other thing is that I also think that the convenience is a massive factor because we are entrenching e-commerce into our daily lives. More and more people are kind of seeing that e-commerce has been always about convenience and it's hard to go back. It's hard to go back to the stores. Um, and there is a lot of shifts within a lot of those categories. We know, for example, Best Buy um, is struggling a little bit at the moment. And the reason for it is because, you know, everything is going digital. You know, you no longer be able to buy Blu-rays. Um, gaming might go digital, you know, in the next generation of consoles. So there is a lot of those definitely shifts. And we'll have to see with some of those retailers and some of those categories, what they're going to be actually replacing their offering with. Um, I'm, I'm hoping personally it's going to be robotics because I would love to go to Best Buy and see different uh, general purpose robots being, you know, seeing, but that might be in the future. And then the other thing is, you know, when we're actually looking at Amazon, of course we knew Amazon would be, uh, you know, one of the biggest winners of the holidays. But, you know, uh, based on some of the surveys we've seen, two thirds of consumers basically used Amazon for their holiday needs. We know that they were very aggressive in terms of um, pricing. But also, I honestly think um, Amazon gave a lot of transparency when it comes into 
um, give building, you know, they had those funny kind of ways, you know, Chris was showing me the other day, um, you know, the Santa sleigh and uh, all kind of that interaction. Uh, so you could actually see how close your driver was getting into your house. Um, you know, it, it was it was definitely like a feel good holiday vibe, uh, which, you know, kind of Amazon provided. So I wasn't actually um, surprised that, you know, um, Amazon definitely was, you know, one of the biggest winners when it comes into the holiday period. And, you know, this is all despite, you know, all of the different retail holidays that were just stocking up prior to the holidays. Um, we did see a little bit of a change uh, from the return policy. I think the last few years, the return uh, policy, you know, kind of like you could buy anything from October uh, and return by the end of January, you know, just trying to extend it. I think this year they changed it to November 1st to the end of January. So, so it's interesting. And then when I was actually walking uh, to Whole Foods, I saw there was like Amazon has still a massive amount of returns that they have to get through after the holidays uh, because, you know, the entire... Um, Amazon section at Whole Foods, you know, of the drop-off return was just full of boxes. Um, but I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are just used to just, you know, buying gifts, exchanging gifts. So I'm sure, you know, they're, they're going to have to get through it. What one weird in well, what I want to say it's an insight. One weird observation is my son last Christmas um, had said it's it's so weird. Santa uses the same bags as Amazon, um, which is just funny because I. We do rewrap a lot of stuff, but sometimes it's just easier when it's already in, this, in the Amazon. But so we had to rethink that this year and go a little extra, extra uh, effort to make sure that you know both boys, both of my sons had their their gifts wrapped effectively so that they appeared like they come from a different source. But that you know there there is a there's a melange here of uh, of you know of Santa and Amazon, not necessarily Santa versus Amazon. Um, in other holiday news, and we use uh, a similar, you know, happy holidays with an AI uh, thrown in there, but uh, there was a lot of AI implementation from retail retailers and some of this being small things, some of these being bigger things to try to in, improve the shopper experience as well as, you know, the operations on the back end. Target supported hol the holiday shoppers with AI um, by helping forecast better forecast product demand to make sure certain items stayed in stock. Um, and obviously AI might be able to process a lot more factors than maybe even the traditional human demand team. Um, so especially down at the actual geo level of down to the store level, which might not always be the same nationwide. Um, Target also leveraged AI to help customers find more personally relevant items. So it really helped with that personalization on top of what might have already been in their target circle data and some of their other data um shipped um again not the not the number one last mile partner out there because instacart really has taken that that role but um you know with in partnership with target shipped does kind of shoot over the bow as well and obviously as part of target has to up its game in capabilities but also even just a smaller player in cert certain instances as its own brand taking everything to want the next level forces everybody else to innovate a little bit faster too. So shipped uh, introduced AI based search um, during the holidays to obviously help shoppers the same way that Instacart has and um, other retailers have been testing and learning with to try to help help shoppers better find what they needed when it's not as straightforward as just a keyword. Um, 
They also tried to leverage AI to improve the order tracking. Again, going back to that similar headline from Oscar around that order transparency. Um, again, part of, uh, I, I saw some, I've seen multiple uh, reports in the last two years on how important it is that we know exactly when something's coming, right? So it's, it's not just enough that something is free. It's not just enough that something's fast. It's, it's, I'm okay with it not being as fast if I know exactly when I'm going to get it because then I then I'm preparing for it, right? So that sounds really basic, but that retailers that don't put when you're going to get it or how quickly you could be getting it may be limiting themselves from actually driving as much conversion because it is helping shoppers plan that mission accordingly. Then, you know, of course, we always pay attention what's going on with uh, Metaverse or any other, you know, verses. Uh, Reebok is actually launching a partnership with Futureverse. Um, so they're going to try to kind of build this a whole experience, especially, you know, targeting, um, you know, uh, some of the kind of, you know, the younger consumers. Uh, what's funny about uh, sneakers in general that, um, you know, the, the culture is very strong. I was actually talking to my financial advisor and he's like uh, saying, is like, Oscar, no matter what, keep buying Nike stock, right? But then I, I saw something else, you know, when I was actually at the computer store, they now actually have computer cases for desktop that look like sneakers. Um, so, you know, it's it's fascinating how, you know, the sneaker culture, which, you know, probably was niche, you know, 10, 20 years ago, now is becoming like a total mainstream. I think there is a convergence also uh, where gaming is becoming a main, main uh, you know, a mainstream. So uh, I think a lot of those different trends, um, you know, and what people do from a social perspective is just kind of converging together. So it's always good to kind of understand really uh, what's going on. So we always kind of pay attention to any of that. And then uh, Adidas um, is also launching uh, digital products on Roblox. Um, you know, some of it is, it's still kind of like, you know, everybody got burned by NFTs, but I honestly think there is a little bit of a market for creating, you know, custom, for example, um, you know, um, avatars or creating uh, creating like something that can actually bridge both digital and physical together uh because i do think um you know like i give you an example yesterday we, i was working with my son and we saw rivian and it was in a yellow color right and was like rivian doesn't have a yellow color so we like look up on their website and it's, it's like yeah you cannot buy a rivian with the yellow color right turns out that it's a lounge color so I honestly think um, a lot of those brands can actually create some unique kind of, uh, uh, you know, a, a product offering that could actually tie it together when it comes into, you know, either, you know, just getting loyalty up or just rewarding all of those, uh, you know, uh, shoppers that are just, you know, been with the brand for many, many years, et cetera. So, so there's some interesting place there is, but it's all about kind of building those experiences and making sure that people get as engaged as possible. And, you know, when, when it comes into metaverse, we have a lot still come up, you know, um, Apple just announced that their vision pro is going to come in uh, and be st start being uh, pre-order starting, I think January 19, and then it's going to get shipped in February, you know, which that's going to start uh, a little bit of a shift in terms of, you know, how VR, AR is portrayed. So there's a lot of those um, factor of hardware and software and metaverse is kind of coming together. So we'll have to see how it all plays out and how brands will be actually using it to interact. 
and and building on that, Oscar, you may have some other takes here too. Um, Walmart is expanding metaverse commerce, and, and they've been one of we, we've seen this in many many months of Cyber Mondays updates. Walmart play, kind of constantly playing around, quote unquote, in the metaverse, all puns intended, um, with different experiments and different pro you know, games and other other activations. But Walmart is going to be providing developers within the Unity uh, real kind of 3D developmental environment uh, the opportunity to integrate their commerce capabilities and APIs into games and apps. So this essentially will allow creators to enable the sale of physical items more readily within these real-time experiences. Um, again, as we were just seeing from Adidas and other brands, Walmart wants to obviously own this space as it's continuing to evolve and emerge. Um, and it makes sense. You obviously have to have the you know, the, the back-end infrastructure to make that possible. So kind of cool to see them getting out ahead of this, but obviously this may become a very large part of that Walmart Connect, you know, 2.0 or 3.0 in the future as they look to monetize this further. Yeah, so it's very, you know, I, you know, your favorite movie is Ready Player One, right? And within that uh, movie, yeah. you know, he can actually buy the main character, I keep forgetting what's his name, uh, can actually buy the suit and order the suit, you know, within the metaverse and then get it delivered to his home. This is right. not any different. So I, we're definitely going to see more and more of that. And and gaming is absolutely critical um, for the future, for AI, for commerce. The reason why it's critical, and you're going to actually hear more about this on Renaissance, our uh, podcast that it's coming up in two weeks. If you haven't signed up, I highly recommend. You know, we have some really cool examples and cool take on, especially when it comes into AI and social impact. Um, but one of the things is that it's, you know, absolutely, absolutely critical uh, when it comes into this that um, gaming uh, is actually very expensive to make. You know, the games went in from being made in like two weeks, probably 30 years ago, to now over five, six years. And creating those assets requires a lot of um, hours of people working on all of the models, animations, et cetera. And that's kind of why AI comes in. And honestly, uh, if you actually look at you know the image generation that is being done by AI at the moment, where it really suffers the most is not you know creating some Instagram content for a fake influencers, which is you know that's another story by itself. Uh, but it's really with the objects. And I honestly think the developers of games will actually help the AI companies to develop a better um, AI model to be able to render all of the different objects accurately, you know, with the right right scale. So um, I would definitely pay attention in terms of what's going on with gaming because there's a lot of rapid development. Basically, almost every two years, we have a new generation of new GPUs and GPUs, the graphic processing units I actually use to train AI models. So we definitely see a massive acceleration there. Um, so uh, for that reason, gaming is absolutely critical. Now, Oscar, what are we seeing in the world of shopper engagement through loyalty? So uh, as part of digital, we, we've been seeing this big trend of brands realizing is that uh, winning within digital as well as winning within loyalty is absolutely critical. So we see um, um, a lot of kind of a tinkering when it comes into loyalty programs. Um, CVS, for example, introduced a two-tier program. Um, so basically, you know, with the extra care tier, now they can, uh, shoppers can actually access additional perks like 2% uh, back 
on extra bucks, rewards, etc. And it, all of this is going to be actually done via text messages. Um, so, you know, a lot of those different tiers, the same way as we see the same tiers being created within all of the streaming uh, uh, platforms, it's definitely, you know, brands are trying to kind of engage, um, you know, shoppers and, and I'll offer them extra perks. And sometimes, you know, might be free same day delivery, which, you know, for somebody like CVS is absolutely critical because, you know, when you're in pain, you're not going to wait, you know, two days, et cetera. Um, and then, of course, you know, we are actually kind of paying attention within beauty because we know with beauty, um, they always, you know, uh, the consumer experiences that are being created there, it's an ultra competitive category. So um, it's interesting that Ulta Beauty is actually expanding their loyalty program. Um, so I think, um, you know, that's something that we're going to actually be seeing within the next month and um, years, et cetera just because of, you know, the, a lot of those enhancements are yeah, basically making sure that those consumers don't churn, especially that a lot of the products can be also bought on marketplaces and others. So we definitely are um, going to see more and more those advances when it comes into. And and in this in, in this, this example, Ulta, for example, is giving away a free product on the birthday month, et cetera. And then, you know, we also have seen a massive growth where you can actually choose your own gift, um, which is actually becoming more and more popular versus a tradition. It's like, hey, here's your birthday gift. Uh, but, you know, you, you might have actually better choices uh, kind of going forward. And it was interesting. They didn't elaborate, but they talked about bringing the loyalty program engagement in store. And I would love, you know, and, and obviously awareness in store, as they call that, is, is as simple as, signage right and making it clear or make, making it clear what you're earning you know loyalty points wise or bucks wise in store but it'd be really interesting to see a retailer take that to the next level and leverage their in-store assets um through that program what is there an exclusive event an exclusive offer an exclusive product an exclusive launch something not just money off not that that isn't awesome but but something else to make to give the role of the store a little more oomph because I, I think that's the and i don't want to say this is easy to do it's easy to say this you know on, on on our series but harder to do but but there are not a lot of retailers that are really bringing that in it's almost like i've added digital so that loyalty is possible but then how do i bring that back in beyond like a price or just that hey you bought something however you buy it you get points you get credit great is there another reason my loyalty program would make me do something differently, right? How would it change my behavior and keep me with you? Now, as we also, you know, we said drive, the digital is driving, right? The shopper, the retailer, us as brand, the brand community, um, that's having an impact on the shelf. And so the shelf, as we like to say, store stores are evolving. I, I will always say when people ask, are you saying the store is dead when you say e-commerce is, is so important or winning online is required to win offline. No, the store is very, very important. I always like to say some stores will die. Some retailers who have stores will die for many reasons, not just because stores maybe face a physical and financial challenge if not leveraged correctly, but it's all about how they're used to complement an omni-channel experience and the shopper missions that are relevant. So um, not surprising that Instacart and I, I think this is, I use this as a global example, even when they're only a North America leader today, 
um, because they're really pushing what a last mile or partner can do well beyond that last mile in all honesty. And so, um, so Instacart has really been trying to reinvent itself and expand its own ecosystem beyond I'll get it to you fast from another retailer, but not trying to compete with those other retailers, really trying to be the enabler of all retail going forward. And so um, Amanda was very kind to text this to me because this is like hot off the presses, but um, Instacart has unveiled um, ad capabilities through its smart cart uh, capabilities that it is starting to partner with because one of its ways of empowering retail is to empower select retailers who opt in with those smart carts, obviously that allow you to purchase as you shop and then walk out, right? Almost that just walk out type technology, but through the cart technology, those screens um, on those smart carts, uh, you know, as physical screens today, but who's to say what where it goes in the future, are a platform for advertisement. And so they are piloting this advertising capabilities, part of the retail media expansion um, through the Good Food Holdings banner stores. And they, they typically are doing this with some smaller stores to start, but again, it only takes one store or one banner to prove out the case for it to be an opportunity that any retailer using smart cards, not to mention using Instacart, might find interesting. So that's that's quite cool um, as again, like search and, or just obviously dual placement and display become very interesting if they're at that point of sale, moving along with you through the store. Um, another really interesting element of the store being involved, um, Instacart and Fairway Market um, in the New York area, again, one one set of stores, one small retailer in the whole scheme of things, but one, one shot over the bow, um, has launched a, another fast or quick commerce capability called Fairway Now, which can deliver last minute groceries and CPG essentials in less than um, in less than 30 minutes. But what I thought was interesting, because that's more of just last mile innovation, what made this store evolution is that they have piloted a unique aisle that they developed in the store that can be shopped by both shoppers and or the Instacart delivery shopper, um, but that was actually essentially organized a little bit more conveniently for those for those shoppers based on the assortment that is most likely to be a 30 minute delivery. So um, I think we're gonna see a lot more of that knowing that there are retailers that don't necessarily have a dark store, may not have an extra micro fulfillment center or separate fulfillment space and need to make sure that their stores can, can cater to both the delivery preppers as well as the actual in-store shoppers. So I thought those were um, really cool examples of Instacart leading the way on trying to evolve the store, knowing that they're trying to empower retailers with stores as well. Yeah, so something that we haven't seen a lot is uh, Walmart is actually going to use a firm, which is buy now, pay later platform um, at actually physical self-checkout locations. Um, they're going to do this for non-grocery purchases between $144 and $4,000. So most likely, you know, consumer electronics, um, it could be furniture, etc. Um, but yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that's going to actually play out because we know a lot of the uh, the brands and a lot of the retailers, actually, a lot of the retailers are walking away from self-checkout. And I could see this if somebody tries to check out through a firm and they have to log in, et cetera, that might actually slow down that checkout process quite a bit. So it'd be interesting to see how that's going to be actually implemented and if they're going to stick with it. 
they're going to do this as right now it's you know some uh, self, you know there's going to be on select um self checkout locations um i'm going to check my local walmart just to see if it's there um but there there's definitely a push for that but the question is is online just be basically better at this where people can just sit down and go through the process and if they're you know uh self self pool credit will not be accepted because you know people might be in line and you know depending how it's going to be implemented just they might people might not feel comfortable doing this all of this stuff um so being you know we'll have to see how that's going to play out it's definitely a push but it sounds like a lot of it you like you sit in the boardrooms like what else can we do well let's put a firm in our self-checkout locations like eh, maybe it's a good idea maybe it's not we'll see well to your point, it, it's all going to be about how they implement it because they, part of their extra detail, if you double click in, is that it's got to all be done through the, like a shopper would have to have, have the a firm mobile app and innate, because obviously, again, otherwise they're going to be standing there clogging up the self-checkout lane um, and it may not be a good frictionless experience for them either. Um, but as long as that friction is removed, this is very, very interesting and has potential, to your point, Oscar, will time will tell because layaway as kind of the whole concept has shifted away from the industry but there is a lot of there are a lot of shoppers who are shopping in store still especially at walmart there are a lot of shoppers buying with cash whether it's lower income or not shoppers may find these very very valuable capabilities and if they're shopping in store and buying one of those items because they wanted to kick the tires on an electronic or an appliance and now they, they need to buy it they don't hopefully they don't have to leave to go buy it online they could buy it they can buy it through that and still finance it in an appropriate way. So to your point, it, it, it's all about where the rubber meets the road, but the concept is a cool one to see, to try to alleviate a little bit of the pressure at, at the payment. I think actually Best Buy did probably one of the best implementations because when you use a Best Buy credit card, what you can do is you can actually select if you want to get you know points back or you know cash back on the card, or you want to split yeah. the payments. Like I could actually see this working better if like Walmart would actually get in into more fintech, but like you know, third party, you know, the the situation there it could be there could be some data outages, etc. I don't know. It it be it's it's a it's a risky move. It's definitely not something that I would be like on the top of my uh, things that I would want to kind of hang my bets on. No, for sure. Within the world of last mile innovation, um, interesting, just you hear about a few of these flashes in the night, but there's a lot of testing and piloting and, and, and experimenting going on behind the scenes. And it's not always a headline, but this was kind of interesting. Um, Kroger and Gaddick um, have celebrated a successful pilot of, of autonomous trucking operations, kind of that middle mile, as you'll call it, not the delivery to the shopper, but the deliveries in between stores, fulfillment centers, and their, their, their customer fulfillment centers, right? The CFCs, these automated centers. So, it, you know, I, I don't want to say it was easy to do because it wasn't. Obviously, it took a pilot, but it probably makes sense that a, a an automated central fulfillment center should have an automated way of getting out all the, all, all the product. But they've been testing um, the autonomous delivery of fresh products from CFCs in the Dallas area. Um, those have been successful and they will be expanding that capability going forward. Now, again, that will obviously, I'm sure, have multiple state-specific and geographic restrictions as not all states allow the same level of autonomous 
um, delivery. But again, this isn't delivery yet to the consumer at their home, but it's that middle mile that's being optimized, which needs to for speed, capacity. Uh, and again, this is where then the AIs of the world come in and maybe help on that inventory forecasting side down the road that make all of this work even a little bit smarter. So, um, so kind of cool to see again, Kroger, I always like to say Kroger on the back end of things with, with its partnership with Ocado years ago, it was kind of like, hey, we're doing this humongous thing, this really innovative thing. And then they went like, it's like they went dark for like multiple years. So it's because it took that long to build those. So it's like planting bamboo and waiting for it to skyrocket up into the sky. It takes some time, but these are important infrastructural changes that do enable some competitive advantage later, and obviously Kroger needs that to, com to continue to compete. But they are one of the one of the few out there really pushing some of this. So it's cool that they're laying those tracks for long term leadership. Then in more Amazon news, especially when it comes into Amazon Fresh, they're going to close the last two pickup location, physical pickup locations in Seattle. Uh, which if I ever wanted to have a you know time machine, I wish I had this press release from 2023 and being able to go back to 2017 where Amazon was so aggressive talking to brands, asking for million dollar investment for Amazon Fresh because it's going to work for sure. They go and open 400 locations. So I wish I had that time machine. I could just show them the press release from six years ahead because they were pretty sure that they can actually make this work. But, you know, we can also look this at from another angle is that, you know, they did gather a lot of the information uh, from a shopper experience. I mean, it's still a little bit of a struggle for Amazon to win grocery with more traditional chains and especially, you know, Walmart, uh, Kroger, etc. But I, I do think they probably got a lot of the lessons from it. But it's just like, I remember all those conversations with vendor managers, Amazon leadership, and they were sure that they're going to scale it, take it, take Walmart, Kroger to cleaners, you know, with their idea um, of the delivery. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit sad to see, but it's it's very expected. You know, we, we kind of seen the, the writing on the wall for many, many years. And then the other thing is what Amazon is trying to do is basically to pilot a grocery subscription. So the idea basically is that you can sign up, you know, using a monthly fee. Most likely it's going to be between, you know, $9 and $20. Um, and then uh, basically it's going to be a 30-minute, uh, you know, uh, uh, free, free the, uh, shipping from the grocery as well as you can actually get a 30-minute pickup from Whole Foods and, um, you know, Amazon Fresh. Um, so that that's... From a perspective of of this, uh, we'll see. We know that a lot of people are kind of seeing this mistaking up of subscription. Then the other uh, thing that Amazon is also changing is I don't know if you've seen it. Amazon Prime is now going to actually show the Amazon Prime Video going to show ads. Um, so they are actually trying to see if they can extend uh, some sort of uh, revenue stream, you know, out of the existing subscription. So. We'll have to see if people are willing to pay, you know, in addition to their just Amazon Prime subscription that, you know, we all are paying every year. And, you know, so we'll have to see how that's going all going to shake up. To your point, Oscar, before about those loyalty programs, whether you call them loyalty membership, there's there's going to be there has to be a very careful you know, evolution of those over time, because obviously you can you can rock the boat very quickly and lose people. 
I think Amazon probably is in the best position not to lose as many right out the gate if somebody else did this, but there's going to have to be a re-tiering of levels. And, and, and honestly, for all, I mean, probably not that crazy a concept, but when you think of all these like TV, you know, the traditional TV bundles, right? It's like, which channels do you want? Like, it's probably going to end up being like, well, I don't really need the fast delivery, but I need this, or I don't need grocery, but I need that. And so obviously it can't be too complicated, but it does become a, a, a possibility of tiering, knowing that so many other perks are being tossed into these memberships now with, you know, with other, other, you know, other network, uh, you know, access to the Netflixes of the world and the Maxes, you know, like, um, you know, and other, Grubhubs and other things that Amazon has been, you know, launching in, in recent, you know, recent benefits of the membership. So um, it'll be interesting to see where a lot of these membership loyalty programs shake out, seeing so many expansions recently. Um, I teased this before, but this was actually some uh, recent uh, data. And again, the links in our takeaway decks all link out to any research that we're showing um, as well. But I thought this was interesting because I would say most people want both of these, right? Free and fast, right? So free shipping, probably not surprising to some of us, especially with inflation and with the economic pressures that are swirling right now. Free shipping is actually more important than fast, obviously, when, when making general decisions. If you need something fast, like, you know, I'm, I'm suffering from a cold, I need that medicine, I'm, I, I might be more willing to pay for something, right? So your mission is going to determine, but at a high level, Three-fourths of U.S. online consumers said free shipping is among the most important criteria um, when they're deciding where to, where to shop online. But only a fifth of U.S. online consumers cited next day or same day delivery as one of the most critical factors. So not that it isn't, but to be fair, I order a lot of things on Amazon or wherever I'm buying. And while, it's, as I said, I want to see when I'm going to get it. But if, it, if everything said the next day, as opposed to Jan, you know, same day, January 8th, but it all said January 9th. I really just want it to be free. I don't really care if the if all things are equal, then I I, I don't I don't need it to be as fast unless it is a, a, a quick commerce mission, right? It's a quick commerce category that I need, or it's a again, it's just a mission where I'm I'm I'm, I'm in a bind. So it's really interesting to see that free shipping piece because I think there's been a this race for speed, um, but speed isn't always required. And now again retailers like Amazon are almost trying to like backpedal a little bit. It's like, are you willing to have this, you know, delivered to you when all the rest of your orders are going to be delivered to you or like the Amazon day? It, it, it becomes a reality where it's almost we over sped up and now we've got to kind of wind back a little bit and try to encourage you, incentivize you to either save by, by going slower or maybe then introduce those tiers for going faster, right? So um, sometimes innovation can backfire a little bit, even in the short term, as we're trying to now backpedal a little bit. Not everybody needed it today. It's nice if I get it today, but I don't really need it today. Yeah, but um, so I, I think there's not enough, you know, as we mentioned that before, there's not enough of an incentive for consolidation of orders. And that creates such a big issue of waste and things shipping in separate packages, right? So I think, you know, as an industry, we'll have to do better. And I'm curious if if we ever move to, or when we ever move to AI-based commerce, if that's going to actually create a lot of those opportunities for more of a streamline how the items get delivered, right? And that free shipping might make sense because it's going to be like a weekly delivery of items, of things that we 
definitely don't need it to have. Like, you know, if you have a supply of a toilet paper for next month, if, you know, you're going to get the next uh, round, it doesn't matter if it comes in in two days, three days, five days, as long as it gets before those 30 days, you know, so... Uh, then we, of course, you know, uh, paying attention to what's going on with brands, brands' portfolios. And, and as always, we see a lot of movements. So Unilever is actually acquiring K18, Prestige, Haircare uh, brand, um, which, you know, it, it just makes sense because all of the brands are actually looking for something new. Um, we actually, uh, because um, uh, Chris and I, we've been at Kellogg, we, we've been kind of paying attention to what Walmart's been doing with their breakfast cereal aisle and there is a massive changeover of product of brands and the more established brands are launching new brands of cereal so like there is like I almost it seems like for, you know 40 40 to 50 percent of cereal there's going to have a massive changeover and a lot of those legacy brands um, are changing and and honestly we we're going to probably see this everywhere in an accelerated fashion just because of no longer those staples that we have, you know, for years and years, you know, they might be attractive enough for the younger generation. So I think from that perspective, we're going to see it. And, you know, in this kind of uh, situation here, Unilever also was said that they were going to sell Elida beauty portfolio, which is, you know, Q-tips, for example, which is, you know, Q-tips is widely used. And of course, you know, the big story is always that that divestiture of Dollar Shave Club, which was the staple of the DTC, but even Unilever could not actually make the you know the financial side of it work. Um, so we'll, for sure, we're going to see more and more of those changes, and brands will be adjusting their brand portfolios. So, and especially with some of the accessibility of data nowadays, um, you know, personalization, we're probably going to see this trend to accelerate. And and, and to your point, Oscar, too, it, the. The interesting thing is, I, I'm always wary. Like when when brands are acquired, um, or when new brands are being launched. Again, by all means, I don't want to claim that like every every retail like you know. So if I'm Kellogg's or I'm Coca-Cola or I'm Unilever, that I'm going to have different brands at every single retailer in my entire portfolio. That 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 would not scale anytime soon unless you happen to acquire a business like that and then had to make it work. But there is a need in a world where everything's so transparent and so real time and price is is that that you know that that race to the bottom lever that so many retailers are using and brands are then using brand teams on the sales teams are using to drive their growth that you do really need some level of something unique something exclusive and it may not be forever but maybe it's hero items hero sub brands right um at, at least at, at key retailers at a minimum um, where where the, the majority of the growth or the, the, the bulk of the business is. And so, because there are just so many brands that are obviously Q-tips are a universal product that most of us have used. They make sense to be selling many places. I don't know what a, an exclusive Q-tip looks like right away. I'm sure I could come up with some ideas like you, but, but so maybe certain products wouldn't be the exclusive candidates, but maybe a K18 would be uniquely sold at very, or, or new launches from that brand would be uniquely sold. So I think we, we have to look at careful proliferation, but it's not proliferation, it's strategic prioritization of key retailers with key SKUs, key brands, key sub-brands, so that there's a reason to sell them. There's a shopper specifically being targeted for them, and there's also a price and channel conflict being avoided. 
this was a, a, a you know, this teases a little bit of what Oscar uh, shared a little bit, but I, we, we call this let feedem ring. Um, but fees, as, as we were saying, with the tiered programs are, are a natural part of every business as the freemium model continues to expand. Oscar kind of teased a little bit, Prime Video is launching an ad-free uh, paid offering. So um, Prime members will start seeing Amazon Prime Video with what they call meaningfully fewer ads than linear TV and other streaming services. So meaning you will see ads, but it will be a lot less negative than the ones that you see everywhere else. But we will be adding ads, which obviously fuels its advertising business and reach and impressions and audience and data. But, but also then gives you a reason if you want to opt out of that for the ad-free tier that you pay an extra essentially $3 monthly to get as of today. Um, so again, not surprising as, as we've been talking, it's been a, a trend of, of some of the news um, this month. But also um, as an emerging platform and ecosystem, TikTok um, has said that they're going to be increasing their fees to drive their emerging social commerce business. Um, starting July 1st, so you know we have we have about half a year here. TikTok Shop will be increasing their referral fee for sellers um, up to eight percent per order versus the current two percent per order today, um, and that will be tiered. I believe it goes up to like six percent um, midway through um, the year. They had like a they had a, a, a tiered timeline there, so it's not all at once. Um, so so brands or retailers or sellers or who's selling through the platform have a chance. So that lower that lower percent obviously is a great way to fuel and be a gateway drug of sellers into the platform. But as they've seen some very significant success, a lot of brands are launching TikTok shops or planning to launch them. It makes sense that they want to get in on that and make sure that they're fueling a profitable business for themselves that can then fuel more capabilities in the future. So um, I think, again, as, as social quickly blurs the lines between marketing and sales and retail and brand. It's not surprising TikTok's taking a leadership role there, but obviously monetizing that further so that they can continue to fuel their own leadership in that space. But you don't think we are actually coming up onto like a new economy, which is what I call it annoyance economy. It's like, you know, services or retailers or um, you know, in this situation, Amazon is basically saying it's like, Hey, if those ads are no annoying to you, you can kind of eliminate the annoyance of it. It's very similar to, I think BMW was trying to charge $18 for heated seat per month, right? It's like, you know, yeah, if you're in Miami, you might not need it, but then if you, let's say in Minnesota, you need it. And it's like, just, you find that out, that's something that you expect to work the way it used to. Now it has a fee, extra fee for that that convenience, which is, you know, I honestly think there's going to be a little bit of a pushback uh, where we actually getting nickel and dime everything, you know, for every single thing. So be interesting to see if there was a study that uh, Amazon did that actually versus raising the prices of Prime subscription, we can actually, you know, put this on the top of, you know, the Prime video to see if uh, a number one, if anybody is watching it, because you know some people might not, might, might, or some people do, but if it's annoying to them, they can basically just upcharge them. So it's 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 a strange world we live in. Uh, even my garage opener has a subscription now, which is like <laughs> why why it needs to like why I can just open my garage, you know, just the way I used to. It's like 
and, and, and Amanda had made a good point with TikTok that for most categories, this increase still is less than like Amazon fees, obviously is an established marketplace of, of third party sellers. So it's it's still favorable for many sellers as if, if, if TikTok is the route that they're choosing at the moment financially. But that 2% was a lot easier from a test and learn perspective as she was saying. So there may be a little bit more of a barrier or some more consideration if, we're, if you're gonna test a TikTok shop, because now it's gonna cost a little bit more obviously per order, or it may be a little bit more if you're using a partner or something or an influencer um, with their own shop. So, but but it's still a more competitive price versus some of the other marketplaces, which will help TikTok continue to fuel growth. So, um, and Oscar, last but not least, from a news perspective, this this one I thought was kind of a cool one within the world of healthcare. Yeah, so, you know, we, we've seen retailers play with this whole notion of, uh, hey, we can actually, you know, add some healthcare services, but we haven't seen, um, uh, I don't think we've seen a single retailer trying to actually pilot breast cancer screening service, which, of course, is super important, especially, uh, you know, for anybody over 40, um, etc. So, um it, it's it's very specialized, but I think honestly there is a lot of data coming in that you know this people are not getting screened enough. So I think from that perspective, it's it's an it's a, it's a it's an interesting new news and kind of a development. Uh, but we haven't seen those retailer-based healthcare services really taking off um, as much as we would actually think. I I think Amazon is still in early stages of rolling out their healthcare, um, um, you know, offering. So uh, we'll have to see, like, if that's actually going to be if something that's going to be actually scalable. Uh, for sure, you know, early prevention is way better than, you know, treating any any diseases when it comes into that. And, and I, you know, to your point, Oscar, it hasn't rolled out nationwide from anyone yet directly. And obviously, this is a pilot in Delaware at, at a super center, but it, Walmart, would arguably, you know, if, if they made, I know we've kind of been a little dramatic here, but Walmart Plus could down the road, if they tier that, that could become a version of health care, you know, like your insurance, right? So your health insurance, I mean, that, that to, to a degree, especially with a lot of the preventative care um, and, and the fact that their super centers are, again, what, what within, you know, 20 miles of 90% of the United States. So they may be one of the best access points for a lot of communities, not to mention, you know, more urban, you know, concentrated communities um, to provide such care. Um, and they, as the store evolves and a lot more goes online, they're gonna have super centers worth of space that might be reallocated to services um, even more than they are today. So just think this is a really cool, again, your know, prevention is the best care. Um, and this is an area to your point, Oscar, that they that few have really, pushed into it at a, at a scale level. This is cool to see them testing this with their mammogram now capability. So um, so we've covered a lot today, as always, with all of our Cyber Monday. There is a lot more news out there, but we try to filter out what we think is most unique, most standout, and contributes to an ongoing trend of within this flywheel of news. Um, but obviously, there'll be even more news um, to come. And so our next Cyber Monday, uh, both the live studio audience that some of you are joining um, today, as well as uh, through our podcast and webcast, and again, the on-demand on takeaway deck that has the links to the references and charts, which is always available to you on our website. You can find that um, under our, uh, our, our, under our Cyber Monday page. Um, our next Cyber Monday will be February 5th. 
um, at 1 p.m. same time, same place for that live experience. But again, you can always come back to all of these, especially now more formally through our Apple podcast, um, again, Spotify, Google, and wherever other, all of your, your, uh, your, your favorite podcasts are, are served. But then we have many other events, again, coming up, our Renaissance series, um, which again will be a webcast, but may have a podcast capability for all you uh, audio uh, learners out there, will be in two weeks on January 22nd. So more to come there on, on really diving into how AI is impacting our brand and retail space and what to do about it ahead of the curve, because AI is almost you know the e-com, the next, the next e-com wave. Um, and then we're really kicking off with a lot more of our official summits and events. Um, in February, we've got our 2-2, February 2nd, Future of Measurement event on all things measure, measuring incrementality, retail media, leading and lagging metrics, you name it. It's going to be quite fun for all you data nerds out there. And then we've got our first in our Smarter series um, on February 13th, our Smarter content. So how do you drive next level conversion incrementality with content? And then in March, our next event will be Smarter Promotion, and that's on how to drive incrementality and next-level engagement with media, search, you know, offers, any type, anything that falls under that promotional bucket. We've got many more uh, Smarter events and many more Futures events to come, not to mention Walmart at the end of March, Amazon in April, and, and uh, many more uh, events to come. In the year. So you can get all of those for free at firstmover.com forward slash events. Um, and we will be adding additional events uh, throughout the you know, throughout the, the first part of the year as new ones are added um, and new partners bring us some cool topics uh, to launch behind. So I want to thank all of you for joining us, however you've chosen to join us. Oscar, Amanda, and myself are so honored to serve you, um, fellow first movers out there with a platform like this. We really do nerdily believe that together we go further. Um, and if we can help you beyond the, the Cyber Monday series, beyond the events that we put on with training, certification, advisory, temp services, playbooks, uh, a, a career connection, um, you know, knowing who, who in a certain space you should consider. Um, again, we don't, we're very independent here. We will give you a very honest perspective and we try to be as fair as we can across the board, but we are here to support you directly or indirectly, um, individually and or organizationally as you see fit. So don't be a stranger, reach out to us, say hello. Um, we've got your back along the way, and I, I want to thank you all for uh, for helping us kick off an awesome new uh, 2024. Um, so much more in store for you. Look forward to seeing you at our next event.